Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a wonderful week. I spent the first part of the week in Naples, Florida before heading back to Washington, D.C. And boy, did I need a little break. (laughs) Oh, man, there's so much happening in the Bravo universe, though. They announced that BravoCon is going to be happening in Las Vegas in early November. And I for once, don't have a wedding that weekend. So I am going to be there. I hope a lot of you are going to be there as well. I am so, so, so excited about it. Um, I've already taken time off work. I'm like, I'm there. There's nothing that can keep me. Um, A couple of the big things going on in the Bravo world. So Something that just caught my attention very briefly was that Tamara Judge's daughter, Sophia, was in a lockdown at her school because I think another student brought a weapon to the school. And just the text message that her daughter sent her and then the description that Tamara gave to everyone in a video was just so heartbreaking and I don't know how many of you guys have experienced this where you had a child at school and there was some sort of active shooter or a really close call, but she was saying that her daughter is just traumatized. It's her senior year. She doesn't even want to go back to school. Like We have to figure out in the U.S. how to deal with these things. I was talking to Louis Staples, who was on the podcast the last week, about whether or not he was coming to BravoCon. And, you know, he was like, oh, well, if maybe if it was in a different city, but like, also, I'm just not sure about, you know, the safety of coming to the US. I don't want to be in some mass shooting. And it just broke my heart because of the way the rest of the world views this country. And we just, I don't know, we have, we've got to figure something out. And we can't keep letting politicians say that there's nothing that we can do, because certainly there is. And speaking of politicians, the talk of shame, Kiki Monique did a really interesting video about a politician um, who runs the Tennessee House of Representatives. And I feel like these types of videos are where people should be putting their energy at this moment and not the continual obsession with Scandaval, just because there's not a lot of new information coming out that's unique that people are sharing. And I don't know what it is contributing <laughs> and people are just very angry. So if if they could redirect their anger, there's there's a, a lot of really incredible causes including gun violence prevention <laughs> that I think that they should direct their anger towards. Um, you know, speaking of Scandaval, Raquel allegedly checked into a mental health facility, then people said she was just at Miraval, which is a health and wellness spa, not a mental health facility. Honestly, like, I don't care where she is. I hope that she takes some time away. I hope she puts her phone away for a long period of time. Um, I hope she gets whatever support that she needs to get through this really um, difficult process and the situation that she put herself in. But I think we can all just like deep breath. We don't need to focus on this. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, and people are starting to spoil things that are coming at the reunion. And it's kind of sad for me because I see the spoilers and I don't really want to be spoiled, but then I share them. So I'm sorry if I share anything in this episode that is a spoiler. Um, looking back on this past week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, I do want to say that Sheena's wedding was absolutely beautiful. And I feel like it's really unusual to see a reality TV star entering a marriage and doing a wedding to enter a marriage. Um, And, you know, I know she was married the year before, but that's a very normal thing that people do for visa paperwork all the time. And it doesn't mean she doesn't deserve a wedding and a celebration of it. You know, I... I just feel like they've been through so much as a couple. They've been through a miscarriage. They've had a child. They've, you know, started to raise that child. They've integrated their families together. They've dealt with this situation with his other family back in Australia and his other children that he had neglected and, you know, had to pay back child support for. They've dealt with so much. And to still be strong as a couple I don't know. It, it's really beautiful. <laughs> I really think it was beautiful. And it's nice to see someone finally have a wedding just so that they can celebrate the love that they already have and not this obsession over the wedding. I feel like on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, there's just so much focus on the formality of the wedding and all like who's supposed to be invited and who's in the wedding party. And I don't know. It doesn't seem a whole lot of focus on the union between Teresa and Louie. Um, I also don't think that Sheena was being a bridezilla at all and do think that if people like Lala are going to come to the wedding, that they should attend the biggest events such as that white party. Um, and I understand where Sheena was coming from, that she was disappointed. I also understand that Lala was not a bridesmaid, but that welcome party was really for absolutely everyone who was invited to the wedding. And, you know, I think Lala was being a bit, I don't know, it it was like she was trying to tear Sheena down and it was just so unnecessary, particularly because Sheena, I don't believe, was being a bridezilla. Um, And then finally, on everything that happened between the kiss between Raquel and Schwartz and Katie's response, I really encourage people to listen to the podcasts that Katie has been on recently. She was on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, Danny Pellegrino's podcast. She explains very clearly why she was upset. And in the beginning of the season, and when I saw the trailer, I didn't quite understand. I'm like, she divorced him. You know, a divorce is divorce. He, when he's single, he can be with who he wants. I can I can see why she'd be upset with it, but, you know, uh, whatever. And now after hearing her explain that when she asked Schwartz for divorce, the thing that was most important to him was that he maintain a friendship with her. And she was like, I don't know, we might need to take like some time, you know, away from each other. And he's like, no, no, I really want our friendship to remain strong And she's like, okay, well, in order to do that, like, there's just one condition that I have, which is, you know, that that neither of us get with anyone in our friend group or anyone on the cast. And he agreed to it and she agreed to it. And then he so quickly just switched, right? Like only a few months later, he's making out with Raquel, mainly just to show Katie that Katie can't tell him what to do anymore. 
And she wasn't telling him what to do. Like they had both agreed to it. And what I also didn't realize is that this is all taking place around the anniversary of Schwartz and Katie's wedding, which was also in August, August of 2016, even though the paperwork wasn't filed till 2019. So, you know, not everyone has the paperwork at the exact same time as the ceremony, <laughs> as I was saying earlier. But yeah, I really just feel for her. It's a shitty thing that he did. And he shows that he has like a lack of respect for her entirely, even though he was the one that insisted on them staying very close as friends. Um, Ultimate Girls Trip. So I'm finally caught up on Ultimate Girls Trip. And the number one thing I can't get out of my head is just how many people on that cast have made such dismissive and offensive comments about Leah not drinking. Like on this past episode, Marisol made some joke that like maybe if she were drinking, she'd be having a better time. It's not funny. And yeah, whatever. Who cares what Leah thinks about what you say? You clearly don't care what she thinks. But what about all the other viewers who are like sober and, you know, have experienced addiction it's such a shitty thing to say and it shits on like not just Leah but anyone that's in recovery and I just I think it's a nasty um and it's left such a bad taste in my mouth that it's been hard for me to enjoy any part of the show and yeah I find Leah incredibly annoying I think she complains all the time and she reminds me of a really bratty teenager but I don't know, the callousness that they show towards her, including when she's sick, is just, um, I don't know, it's like unbecoming, sort of. Another thing that's unbecoming was everyone's reaction, and not everyone, was Giselle's reaction to Pepsi when Pepsi was upset that the women were all fighting. Now, Pepsi is likely a paid actor. We know this because the other butlers and stuff on previous seasons were paid actors. But that doesn't mean that he's not truly feeling his feelings. And if someone comes to you and they say, like, this behavior that you're doing is upsetting me, for your response to be like, I'm not apologizing, which is Giselle's just like immediate reaction. It just shows like what a kind of a person she is. And we all know what kind of a person she is, right? Like she says things she doesn't think and then she refuses to apologize because she doesn't think she could ever be wrong. And this past week on the Reasonably Shady podcast, she made a joke about you know, who can afford these like floor tickets to see Drake? You know, you and I aren't paying that, Robin, but so-and-so Rubenstein like will get the floor seats for their kid for their bar mitzvah or something like that. Like making, a, it's an anti-Semitic comment to say that like, oh, this J- person with a Jewish last name has so much money that they're going to spend it on this. Like it's, it's offensive. And it's worth pointing out that Giselle lives in Bethesda, Maryland, which is a, you know, has a lot of Jews, right? And it is a wealthy city, right? Giselle has money. <laughs> she lives there too. I don't know. She's very disappointing because she just seems to not have any interest in learning new things. She thinks she knows it all. And if she's someone points out, hey, what you said is not only inaccurate, but it's it's offensive to a group of people. She's like, nope, nope, 
I I don't think so. <laughs> and then she just refuses to engage. I I don't know. And what the hell is going on with that podcast company? Like, are they not reviewing the material before it goes out? Or are people just so used to hearing jokes about Jews being rich that they just shrug it off and are like, yep, yeah, probably Rubensteins. I'm sure they're the ones getting the floor tickets. <laughs> like, <laughs> ugh, It just goes back to that whole idea of like Jewish people can make jokes about being Jewish and Jewish stereotypes. The same reason that like black people can make jokes about black stereotypes and like and so forth. You can make jokes about your community if you are a part of that community. But if you're not part of that community, shut the hell up. Like I'm still not over season one of Potomac where Giselle told Katie that she couldn't be both black and Jewish. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, God, this woman needs an education. Anyway, speaking of education, my guest this week on the podcast is Dr. Adina Newman, and she is a genealogist, and she just does such incredible work. She started this project reuniting Holocaust survivors. She also does a bunch of deep dives into Bravo Liberty's family trees and has found such interesting stuff and interacted with so many of the people that we watch on Bravo in looking through their genealogy. And she's just so interesting to talk to. I know you guys are going to love this conversation. Um, There's also a part where we talk about the Real Housewives of Jersey that is very eye-opening to me and um, where she basically says that Jen Aiden versus Margaret is the proxy war between uh, Teresa and Melissa and we compare it to the proxy wars that were happening between the U.S. and Russia and like never have I been able to make that link between Bravo and international relations but my god we did it this week (laughs) and I love it I absolutely love it As always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. It helps me get guests on the podcast. If you have any suggestions for guests that I should have, especially people that have not done podcasts before or not been on this podcast, you know, let me know. I'm always open to reaching out to new people. Um, And thank you all so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. I think you guys are really going to enjoy my chat with uh, Dr. Adina Newman. And we're going to take a quick break and then back with our conversation. Have a wonderful rest of your week. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Adina Newman, who is a genealogist, and she's so interesting. She runs the Instagram account My Family Genie, and she does work reuniting Holocaust survivors, but she also happens to be a Bravo and reality TV connoisseur. So we are here today to mainly talk Bravo, but I want to start out with asking some questions about, about your work first. But 
How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm in New England where the weather is different every hour. So we are in fake summer right now with about 80 degrees. Love it. Yeah. It's (laughs) lovely and warm in DC too. And I am just absolutely loving it. Um, (laughs) So tell me like what exactly is a genealogist and kind of what is some of the work that genealogists do? Okay, so the simplest way to explain it is a genealogist is somebody who digs into family history, family trees, looks for records, things like that. There are different specialties within genealogy. I think a lot of people think of their, you know, their parents or their grandparents with, oh, when I was young and I trekked, you know, to find this record for my marriage record or uh, you know, it's a it's a retirement hobby for a lot of people, but there are a lot of young people who get into it. So um, I specialize personally in um, I am Jewish, so I do a lot of Jewish genealogy, and I also am a genetic genealogist. So I work a lot with those places where you say, you know, ancestry, 23andMe, people take a test, surprise, you know, dad's not dad. I help those people figure out who dad is or make sense of you know, what's going on. Yeah. That's so so fascinating. It is. So, you know, now there's a lot of applications for that. So besides helping, you know, people who were adopted or need to find their father, I'm helping Holocaust survivors and their children, you know, figure out their, you know, their, their fragmented, their fractured families, you know, they were separated and reuniting them. Um, And it's just like, the best work possible that I could think of using this kind of technology. Um, There's also other applications. I volunteer for what's called the DNA Doe Project. So I help identified unidentified does, um, you know, for, yeah. So there's a lot of ways to use uh, the technology and the methodologies that I use. And it's really uh, fun and rewarding. And I've also, I use it for Bravo in reality TV. And that's kind of in my space. Uh, that's so fun. I'll, social media. Yeah. I'll ask you about that in a second. But sure. going back to the sort of 23andMe's and Ancestries.com, mm-hmm. my dad, brother, and I took Ancestries, mm-hmm. like DNA test after my mom died as like, I don't know, a bonding activity. <laughs> we were running out yeah. of things to do with each other. And um, what I found so interesting is that over the last seven years, Every year or every six months, they update the DNA as they get mm-hmm. more DNA in and they further refine your results. You know, so at first I thought I was like really interesting. I was like, oh, I'm 88% Ashkenazi Jew and like 12% interesting things. And like by the end, we're all 100% Ashkenazi Absolutely. Jew. <laughs> and no, if you're Ashkenazi Jewish, like the most you can hope for, and you can't really hope for much, but like they change the terminology they use. So you may have started out as European Jewish and then it became Jewish peoples of Europe. And now you're just straight Jewish. Like they just kind (laughs) of gave up on ancestry. So, you know, I present a lot. So I'm always updating my slides. I'm like, okay, I should have updated this. It's how I know I I need to update. Like, okay, this is Jewish peoples of Europe, but they just changed it. I'm actually just Jewish now. They can't, um, that's, that's what you are. But, you know, people get really tied up with the ethnicity estimates. Um, if you're like us, that's not really interesting ever, but the meat is in the matches. So yeah. if you look at your DNA matches, so, you know, I, I could write a whole book on 
the skeletons in my family tree that we didn't know about until DNA testing. But that's really why I tell people to test. You know, some people do it for health reasons, but if you want to find more family or figure out your family, that's when you take a DNA test. Um, you know, that, that that's it. Don't worry about how Scottish or Irish you are. Yeah. It's just also like so many of the Jews from Eastern Europe are from these small towns that were decimated during pogroms. And a lot of our names are tied to those towns. Like Slutsk is a town in modern day Belarus, but it used to be in what was Belarusia. And it's no longer in the same place and with the same people. But, you know, anyone who has the similar last name is, is tied to us. But then I didn't realize what my dad's mom's maiden name was and then I was like wait it's Feinberg like they're so it's like way common like way more common than Slutsker I mean you always want an uncommon surname right so like I have a whole branch of like Levy Levine so that's just a lost cause because Mm -hmm. it's like looking for Smiths you know wherever you go um but that's that's totally true and then also like our our ancestors were not into surnames. So like they didn't adopt them till well into the 1800s, much mm-hmm. of the time, even early 1900s. And I always tell people, like, for example, my great grandfather, his brother and his father, they all went by different last names. Because I see. It's, it's just a newer phenomenon. They, you know, they did the patronymic, you know, like son of son of, yeah. That, yeah. So um yeah, and and they changed their names for assimilation purposes when they came over. So, you know, I've plenty you know, my family is Michelson, but they weren't Michelson. They were originally Sticken. And <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of reasons, like, people don't realize that. And just, you know, because I have this platform, they didn't change your last names at Ellis Island. <laughs> that didn't right. happen. Um, you know, your families did it. Maybe they felt coerced to do it, whatever reason. But the government wasn't in the business of doing that. So I always make that. People get really angry at that. So you might get some, like, hate mail after I say something. <laughs> Hopefully not. People get really mad. You would like people hold on tight to their to like their like stories that they've heard. Yeah, like I've gotten like if you go on any genealogy social media platform, and I like I make fun of it all the time, but people get like really nasty messages over it. Like it's really shocking what triggers people. People are triggered by everything these days, and have I found especially in the last three years, like since the pandemic, people have gotten a bit more like selfish and kind of like I'm angry and I'm frustrated therefore I'm going to take it out on whoever I want and like not thinking yeah. about how it impacts other people I've just noticed that more and yeah, I yeah I, I think it, it it's yeah just so sort of the strange it yeah it, it's people will you know it, it, it's it's really incredible what you know the hell people will die on these days right yeah it's, it's like everything um, well, let's talk about the work that you've done with genealogy and folks in Bravo, because yes. I find this endlessly fascinating. <laughs> um, so yeah, so how did you even start this? Did you like bridge? Because I have an entirely, <laughs> people say I live a double double life, but I have an entirely different career. And this is just a podcast I do for fun. And so I've right. never always found a way to like bridge the two things. Yeah. So when I started Instagram, you know, I was trying to get clients at the time. I, you know, and I, you know, I'm not the best millennial in that sense. Like I was probably late to the game in millennial world with Instagram. 
Uh, so I started it and I was like posting these generic things and they weren't quite authentic to me. You know, it's like, you know, contact me now. Here's a brick wall. You know, I can help you overcome your brick wall. Still <laughs> yeah. things like that. But I loved Bravo and it really got me thinking. And I think it was probably Southern Charm that really got me into like this whole Bravo genealogy idea because anyone who watched, especially early Southern Charm, like the amount of history there. I mean, just, you know, you think about the Ravenels, you think about the Calhoun Dennises, you think about, you know, Shep's family. I mean, it's just, it's just so much history. So I started to like play on my ancestry account, probably while I had my son on my lap and I started digging into people. And uh, where I started was I started writing blog posts for it. And my uh, first one I did was on Craig. I did Craig Conover. And I just like dug in all the stuff and I found really fascinating things about him. Uh, something that's really interesting about him is he has like a like eighth grade uncle or ninth grade uncle who was Daniel Boone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you know, really a lot of stuff. people are related to Daniel Boone. <laughs> but so like, so what happened, I'm so happy I started with Craig because Craig read it and Craig, you know, Craig and I message, you know, once in a while over the past few years. And he's like, this is one of the best things that has come out of doing the show. My grandmother used to tell us that we were related to Daniel Boone, but we never knew how. Like all of this stuff, I shared it with my whole family. Um, and he's just like salt of the earth. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a Craig stan just because of that, because if I didn't get that kind of positive feedback, I don't know if I would have kept doing it. Um, so that's so yeah, sweet to hear. Kind of blossom from there. Yeah. Like it's he, nice he's really to hear guy. about these. And I have, positive. Like, yeah. And like, you know, he signed his book for me and sent it with like some of his like, you know, his um, pot holders and apron I have that I use for like holidays and stuff. Hey, I, just, like, really nice I'm guy. leaning on a Craig pillow. I mean, Passover is over. There but... you go. Exactly. I use that. <laughs> I always lean. <laughs> but just stuff like that. So, you know, from there, I just kind of. I just started doing others. And, you know, more often than not, I've gotten really nice feedback from the Bravo celebrities that I've done this for. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, do you speak to them? Like most of them I've never spoken to when I'm writing about them. I don't speak to them until after it's done. And they're like, wow, I can't believe you found that. Or, you know, so usually that's what happens. But, you know, I'll always have, you know, a place in my heart for Craig, no matter what he does and how, you know, like, you know, I watch enough winter house and summer house to be like, oh, Craig, but like, you know, for that reason, he's just a nice guy. Oh, I love that. What about the housewives? So the housewives, I've done a lot of them and, you know, some, you know, some of them ignore most don't. So the ones who are really appreciative, like Tamra, I found a, I think it was an like a car accident of her grandfather or something like that. I found it in a newspaper and I shared it and she was just blown away. And she told me she shared it with her father and like privately on their Facebook. Like she was really thankful for that. I'd have to say probably of all the housewives that really like took to it was Dolores. Like, I, like Dolo is the best. Um, she like, she's like, oh, you have me crying from this. And like, she and I actually spoke on the phone once because she asked me a specific question to look into. And I looked into it for her. And, and she, she just lovely. And like, I've talked, you know, spoken to Frank about it when, um, Margaret, when her ex-husband passed away recently, recently. I don't know if you remember this, 
Yeah. So the 1950 census recently came out and he was in it. So I found it and I sent it to her and she was just so touched by that. And she shared it with her, you know, the family and everything. Um, Lisa Barlow, I haven't talked to her a lot lately, but probably more than anyone, she's a wonderful cheerleader. Like we, we like message, you know, privately sometimes <laughs> like they're just really, it's, it's nice to see the people behind the show yeah. Um, a lot of the time, you know, Meredith, I've spoken to, um, you know, it it just kind of depends. And you kind of get a sense of who they are by how they interact with the fans as well. So, you know, it, it, it's been a long time coming. But yeah, a lot of those housewives, I mean, most of them from different shows, but I found, you know, cool things too. Like, I put out how Whitney and Heather were related, just so like everyone would know mm-hmm. and they knew. And they're distantly related to Tamara, which is fun. And Tamara's distantly related to Leanne Locken. Remember her? Oh, um, my God. You know, yeah, things like that. <laughs> they all go back, back to the Mayflower. And, you know, they recognize all this stuff. And what's really funny a lot of the time, the story behind how I found out Whitney and Heather, like, shared a distant relative with Tamara was, I think it was Heather's aunt reached out to me. Like, sometimes, like, relatives of housewives reach out to me that I have no idea who they are. And she's like, oh, yeah, like we descend from blah, 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 from the Mayflower. I was like, that sounds familiar. So I go back into my tree and look into it. So, yeah, and it's it's fascinating the people I've interacted with along the way, let me tell you. Wow, that is so interesting. It, it is. Um, and outside of Housewives, I like to tell people the coolest one that I've spoken to is actually Scott Disick. That's probably oh, he's also Jewish, right? Yes, he. Okay. Um, I, I I found records from Ukraine from the Disick side. He knows like nothing about his family history. And what happened was, I, I forget what it was, but I found his father's yearbook photo, and like whatever yearbook quote he used was like such a Scott Disick, like it's totally like father son <laughs> kind of thing. And I shared it. And it was on his birthday, I think. And he said, thank you so much. This like means the world to me. And he shared it with his, like, I got distant cousins, like emailing me and stuff like he was really <laughs> into it. Wow. It was beautiful. People are shocked because, you know, pe- you know, Scott's kind of persona is not like somebody who's going to talk to fans or whatever. But, and maybe I talked to his assistant. I don't know, but I definitely heard from his cousins and everything. So it was just really it was nice. So I, I get weird, cute interactions like that that happen when I do this stuff. Have you ever had a negative interaction where someone was like, stop digging up stuff on me? <laughs> um, I'm not going to share all of them. Something that people are shocked with. They're like, have anyone ever blocked you? Chef Rachel from Below Deck blocked me when I posted a yearbook photo of her. And it's odd because it was the second time I posted a yearbook photo of her, but she just straight up blocked me. And people were like, why did she do that? You know, like people were shocked. It was a cute photo. Um, I had one housewife that I'm not going to name who was very much not happy about it. And, you know, I think she threatened maybe legal action or something. Oh, dear. There. And it's like, you understand that this is the public sphere. Like, it's, it's public there. record. <laughs> That's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Um, so there was that one. And then just sometimes I post photos that people like don't like and they just untag themselves. Like I've never really had anything super negative. I've had people say this isn't true. Like, but it's like, no, it is true. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, no, that why I love what I do is I don't like doing negative Bravo. Like 
If you look at my account ever, I'm not like a mudslinger typically. Like if something's really bad, I'll, I'll chime in. But I'm usually just like, I like to report on the news of Bravo and be kind of, I can be a little snarky, but I'm not like most mean. of the accounts you see. I might have like some snark privately with some other Bravo accounts, but like not, that's not my thing. Because my thing, like why I started this is I want to show everyone how like genealogy is not just for like your 80 year old grandmother kind of thing. Like it's really cool. It's really fun. People appreciate it. And like, this is the value of that. So what can I say? That's so cool. Well, speaking of negative Bravo, shall we dive into Vanderpump? (laughs) Oh man, of course. Like what, what is it without Scandal, of course? Well, I think since the last time I recorded, Tom was on the Howie Mandel podcast. I have gotten to a point in not just Scandal, but just in general, where I'm really trying to be careful about the media that I consume because I don't want to give listens or likes to things that I don't agree with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just to try and not feed the the beast. So try not to click on TMZ articles because they get the yeah. the pictures in a really nasty way. Um, so I didn't listen to it, um, and I tried not to really listen to clips of it because I'm going to wait until the reunion and see what he has to say for himself. And, you know, it's disappointing, but I guess not shocking that he seems to be quite narcissistic and sort of blaming yeah. Ariana for his own behavior. Yeah, I mean, there's two levels. There's like the personal human level where this is just like atrocious, terrible behavior. But there's also like, I mean, just to be frank, like Vanderpump Rules was dying as a show. Mm -hmm. And I mean, anyone who started from the beginning knows like it, it just it's not what it was in the old days. This like gave life like like a phoenix, like rising um, to the show, I think. And I think a lot of the cast, like, 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 do you think Lala doesn't realize that, like, keep fanning these flames because it's good for ratings? Like, ratings are amazing right now for Vanderpump Rules. So there's, like, the reality piece of me where it's, like, good TV, which I think what a lot of us are yeah. still into. But on the personal level, it's, like, it's, it's, like, how do you even comprehend this? But again, like, I don't watch these shows because of their upstanding moral character, right? Like, I'm not learning moral lessons from my Bravo ladies. Like, that's not why I'm doing this. It's just a fine line, and it's hard because it's like you bring your personal life. I don't know. I I don't know if I I could never do it. I could never be on a reality show. Oh, never. But Tom Sandoval was my favorite character on the show. Yeah, Um, in particular because... I thought he was very, like, truly authentically himself. Like, he didn't care that he was, I don't know, into dressing up all the time. And he would play the trumpet and he wasn't good at it. And, like, I just thought that was so mm-hmm. funny. And he's someone I could have seen myself be friends with. And I did think he would, he was the kind of guy that lifted other people around him up, you know, mm-hmm. telling them that they were great and making them feel good about themselves. And it turns out he only would do it but to like benefit himself, you yeah, know, I looking, mean, I don't know yeah. if you rewatch. Yeah. You rewatch two, the shows, you see it all through yeah. different lines. I mean, honestly, I was never, I mean, people are like unpopular opinion. I was never a Tom Tom like fan of either of them. And I think for me, it was how, 
everyone was always kind of anti-Katie. And Katie has said it, like, people will choose Schwartz over her. I like right? Katie. So I like Katie a lot. I'm a so, but Katie I've fan. always felt that it said a lot how Sandoval would be so cruel about Katie in front of Schwartz. And it was okay from Schwartz. Like, the, the fact that he felt he could be so awful around his best friend's wife just like spoke to me, his character, that he felt okay doing that. Besides, I mean, we can talk all about Schwartz and his character, but there was something there that always rubbed me the wrong way about him from, like, I just, I was never a t- Tom Tom was person. Sandoval doing that though in the early seasons? Because like, I don't remember that from the early seasons. Maybe need to do a rewatch, but yeah, I, I feel like the more- I mean, I feel like Kristen, like like justice for, for Dowdy. Like, yeah. Was, um, like- Everyone sees her very differently now looking back. But like, I believed her and Jax with Miami girl. Like, like, honestly, another unpopular opinion. Like, I thought Jax horrible human, but like excellent TV. And I actually thought he was being honest a lot about awful things. And he was he was, I think, like he was honest, like he told us all along about about Sandoval. Like, and he said that, like, I told you and he was right. You know, he's just couldn't publicly kind of like rein it in. Like Tom fooled people for a really, 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 really long time. I feel like yeah, like, it, he, Tom he was right. Schwartz is one of the mm-hmm. few people on the show I've ever met mm-hmm. um, in person, and we're both from Minnesota originally, and we right. had a mutual mm-hmm. friend when I was at Watch What Happens Live, and he was a guest, oh, okay. so he came out to say hi, and. He is one of the most charismatic people I have ever been in the presence of. And I've been in the presence of Barack Obama. Like he has a magnetic charisma, which I've heard Craig has. I've heard, you know, like there's a reason why these people are on TV and why people around them gravitate to them. And it's unexplainable. And it's, it doesn't. It doesn't translate on camera. Like, I mean, he's. No, it doesn't at all. Right? Like. Also, Katie was one of the most stunning, like, I didn't talk to her, but she was, like, breathtakingly beautiful. Oh, she's like, I I, I mean, I already feel that way about her. Like, I think she's breathtaking, so. I guess since they're all so beautiful, like, she didn't stand out, but when I saw her in person, I was like, holy shit, like, she looks like like a a goddess. Yeah, Yeah. brunette goddesses, like, I'm I'm into that. Like, blondes are overplayed, sorry. Like, like, I like a brunette. I love, you know, she, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I I look back, and it is really interesting to look back on old episodes, because I really do think you're going to see Sandoval in a very different light. Like Jax was telling the truth about things, like right. No, I, I can, I never like thought he was the best person no, or didn't do anything. But I, I thought he was like a kinder partner. I thought he was like maturing with Ariana. Like I, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I think, I, it's I think it caught me, me off guard. <laughs> like I think for me, I never. I mean, I'm. This is awful, but like I never really thought they'd work out. And here's why: she doesn't want kids. And he deep down does. That's like a huge. But like, did you hear what happened? So I, yeah, yeah, I heard what happened. But like, you know, did she really want to have kids, or like she's doing it for him? You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. Going through the process of freezing your eggs is no fucking joke. No, absolutely not. Right, and so 
to the fact that she did this years ago and they never fertilized the eggs was mm. really odd to me that is, that because is so like fertilized eggs do much better than unfertilized eggs in, in the telling. IVF process. And so, yeah, it's just, it was very odd to me that she went all the way through that. And it, that was what made me think it wasn't just for him. Possibly. It's possible. Or she just wanted kind of this insurance policy if she decided later in life for herself. But, you know, I I just personally never thought they would go, you know, all the way if she, unless she had like a total like, I want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Because and, I, and he clearly he reached 40 and had this midlife crisis. Like, that's another thing. That's also what I do. He is not 39. Yeah. <laughs> he is 40. He's turning 41 this summer. Okay. But I think he turned 40 and he turned 40, I think, in like June or July. And that's yeah. literally oh. when, like when the affair started. Mm-hmm. Like right after that. Like I think he turned 40. He's like, oh my God, like what am I doing? And it's not, I'm not like, that's not a hall pass or anything. But I think no, that but was probably his mindset. Like yeah. I want a family. I want these things. And he totally went about it an awful way. But you know, we're not behind closed doors. All we can judge is what we see. And what he's done is like, th- there's no words for what he's done. I mean, she's winning in the end, like Bloomingdale's like, yeah, I think I mean, just she's like, trying to weaponize her we- mental health and make it absolutely. It's mean, just really nasty. He's, I mean, he's not a good person, like from everything I can tell and what people say about him, like, you can't do what you did and be a good but it's yeah. not he's not even reflective about it right like there's no apology there's no like there's I, nothing i've been talking <laughs> about this a lot on the podcast but like how much of the show creates these monsters because oh. you could argue that stassi was a monster on the show but that now that she's off the show and if you listen to her talk she's a very different person than she, she up to like she, you know right in the 20s Right. I like to think I'm a very different person in my 20s than I am now pushing 40. Right. So. But hearing Stassi and Kristen talk, who've been away from the show for a few years, there is a level of not just maturity, but um, like realness and and kind of not. It's a lot less narcissistic. Yeah. Than the show where it's so hard to know what's the show, what's not the show, what's I don't know. I feel like everyone has a path that they could go, you know, like the everything everywhere all at once. But being on the show somehow seems to like steer a lot of people towards the worst possible path. And but Ariana seems to be a bit of an exception to that. Is that I feel like she's gotten better and better and better in terms of like, how she's kind to others, how she's like a lot less judgmental than other people on the show towards, you know, she has her relationship with Katie and Sheena and she keeps them separate and she Mm -hmm. doesn't judge either one. It's, it's amazing. So like, she seems always to seem to be like a bit of an anomaly to me. Yeah, I think, I think why a lot of people initially gravitated towards shows like Vanderpump Rules is because there was a level of authenticity there in the beginning. Like, these were real friends. They weren't fabricated friends like we do in a lot of the housewives these days or even in Summer House or Winter House, whatever it is. So, like, you could feel 
the real love, you could feel the real hate there. Like it wasn't staged. And I think for the past few years, BPR has been less authentic, more staged. Like they're not themselves, as you say. And this whole scandal, like, like injected the level of authenticity that the show started with. That's why people are totally like captivated by it. And it's at the expense of personal lives. And like, again, that's why I struggle with this. And I haven't been posting as much about Scandal either because I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's a lot. lot. Of it. And it's, but you know, at the end of the day, Ariana's winning. Like she was always going, like she's winning. Like she's going to be fine. You know, like she is. I, I, I know. have a bunch of questions for you about this episode. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start going in just to get your opinions. Yeah, yeah sure. What did you think of the interaction between James, Tom Schwartz, and Allie at the pool the morning after Schwartz and Raquel made out in front of an entire wedding party? I mean, I try to remind myself that they have to film together for these things, but oh my God, like <laughs> the level of oh, – like. Like, I've never been Team James, but, like, I'm totally Team James here. Because he's, like, like a WTF moment. Like, why are you here talking to me about my ex-fiance in front of my new girlfriend? And listen, like, that girl either, like, I have my own opinions because she has a little bit of a reality TV background, too. Right. Like, a little bit. So, like, hopefully she's not Raquel 2.0 there, like, trying to be getting the limelight but like it's it, the, the to me like what you said about schwartz being like so charismatic and everything is totally not the person we saw there totally awkward and making this choice to have this conversation not only with james because of the history there but in front of james's girlfriend it's just like it was it was awkward and cringy and like it was <laughs> but, like it was like abort mission abort mission like stop doing this it, it was like game face like facial expressions like said it all right like I felt like this was the most like gripping television I've seen in a while and <laughs> it also for me was like oh my god Schwartz is so used to relying on his charm and it doesn't mm. work on people anymore they're starting to see through it and he doesn't know how to react because he's gotten away with everything for so long so Katie's not letting him get away with things anymore James mm. is like hey buddy like I'm filming with you but take your hand off my knee like in what world do you think that's oh, appropriate yeah, that was so bizarre that was so and, bizarre and James, I mean, and then Schwartz is just kind of like, but I don't know. I mean, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> no, it, 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 you know, and it's like, what on earth? You have literally slided through life on your looks and your charm, which in real life do come across. I know on the show, it's, I don't yeah, see it. I, I don't see it on the show, but yeah. I don't see it either. But, um, it, you know, I mean, people say this about Austin Kroll. I've never met him. But it's mm. like, why do all these women flock to him? Why does he always in the middle? And I think there must be a char charisma. And he also oh, was kind of like a fumbling, bumbling idiot, just like yeah. Schwartz. So there's mm. something there. But the fact that he's so used to getting away with shit is what I saw throughout the entire episode. It was kind of like, wait, people are going to actually be mad at me? I mean, I, I loved it because again, I, 
how Schwartz would treat Katie. Like I was always team Katie. I know everyone's like tequila, Katie, Katie's so awful. Well, like I always saw her as just feeling so unloved by her significant other that she, whenever she lashed out, that was why. Like I totally blamed him always for everything. Like I was, so it makes me sad when she says, you know, people are going to choose Schwartz over me. Like it's like, no, Katie, like I choose you over me. Like, no, like I, I always saw it. Like the, for me, as I said, when Sandoval would just talk shit about her, like to him and he wouldn't defend her. Like if my husband, like, I I can't even imagine, like I wouldn't have a husband. It was particularly last season during that like fake, what was it? Arrest. They were like gonna with, it was like a joke between. Yeah, they show that that clip the other day. Sandoval and Randall and whatever it was. And she's like joking about the police and getting arrested isn't funny. And you know how arrests end for certain people. Like, yeah, maybe it was a couple seasons ago. Yeah, they showed it the other day, though. And because I think Jax might have been involved. And I remember thinking, oh, she's plugged in. She knows what she's talking about. This actually isn't something that's that funny. And if it wasn't a group of white people, it really wouldn't be funny. And the fact that she was like, listen, I'm just saying it's not funny. And then Schwartz just kept on being like, like sticking up, like saying just terrible things to her about yeah, it. Sandoval told him to stop. Like, yeah. that's how bad it was. Yeah, it was like, terrible. He was, like, and he's just also someone who, I don't know, I don't trust his views on things and like who he listens to. He's a big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast, which is like, could you be dumber and broier and like less into understanding complicated things in the world than mm-hmm. listening to that bullshit? And it's not just that he listens to it. He tells other people like, oh, man, you got to listen to this podcast. And it's like, you're you're not enlightening anyone. Anyways. Um, okay. Another question. Yeah. Sheena and Lala. So it's you know, we also I think a lot of us saw Lala and watch what happens live this mm-hmm. week and we got to hear her side of it, which is like I'm all these events are a lot for someone who's not in the wedding party. It was kind of like she chose yeah, Raquel I over she was me. At the wedding party. Like, I did too. I? I didn't I didn't make the connection. But how but that conversation the day before Sheena's wedding, being like, It's not all about you. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not a team Lala person. I find her to be amazing reality television and like I love her for it. But and like I kind of forgive a little bit because I thought she was in the wedding. So like I thought it was like really crazy. So the fact she wasn't in the wedding and Sheena still expected her to like attend all these things was kind of like overkill. But yeah, I mean, I that was cringy for me because you know, Sheena. I think Sheena likes to make a lot of things about herself and they're probably kind of over it, but this was her second wedding, you know, her second Bravo wedding. And, um, you know, they're all there to film because of her, right? Like she's the reason, you know, she's giving them the storyline. I thought I see it differently because she wasn't in the wedding, but like Lala saying that to her was just like, it wasn't, it didn't feel good. Like, I felt bad for Sheena. I felt and I don't like it was hurtful because she was not making everything about her at all. I didn't feel like as... No, I felt she was much better this time around. She was she more was chill. And in particular, that white party was 
from what I've heard of people that were there, you know, I follow a number of accounts of people that are in that friend group. And that was like the most magical. It was just beautiful. Everyone's wearing white. It was a moment for her friends and her family to all spend time with one another. It wasn't like, yeah, it was filmed, but not that much because there were Mm -hmm. former castmates that were there. And for Lala to sit and like not hang out in that area with like her, her family is there, you know? I just thought that was kind of shitty and I understand her not going to the hibachi thing because that's much more intimate. But to be like, I'm going to go sit and watch your party from afar and not join in, I thought that was like, you are here for her wedding. And I know you have other things going on. I know Raquel triggers you, but there are ways to avoid Raquel in these large group settings. Yeah, I think it's odd that Raquel triggered her so much. And I also think it's odd because she and Brock kind of mended fences at that point. And since she's been like, Brock is amazing. He's an amazing dad. He's going to be like a dad to to Ocean at mm-hmm. this point, but like not, you know, not in like, yeah. this kind of way. So like to me, it was kind of a, like F you also to like right. this new relationship with Brock and like you, you just moved next door them like it, it just I hope something good happens since then because she lives like next door to them I think they've gotten very very close since this right. point yes. I think now after watching her and watch what happens live I think she was hurt that Sheena chose Raquel over her and she mm-hmm. has made it very clear from the beginning and especially this season that mm-hmm. she doesn't fuck with Raquel and she doesn't want to be around her. And I think yeah. she was really accurate when she's like what motivates her scares me because she's motivated by only receiving approval from men. And that's who she looks to for, like she doesn't know who she is. And those kind of people can harm, they can be really harmful. Yeah. But also Lala understands the assignment and has said that if like this Scandaval stuff hadn't gone down, Raquel would have been the VIP, the MVP, Mm -hmm. whatever season. So like, there is an awareness there that Raquel at least made for good television. Right. Yes. And that whole dynamic. And like the whole send it to Daryl. Like Lala knows what she's doing. She's like Lala funny. is a business she's a businesswoman through and through though, right? Like she is capitalizing on all of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah, I mean I, you know, I have my opinions on Lala, but like I, I always hope for the best with people. And, you know, it, I think it was shitty what happened at the wedding, but it seems like they've literally mended their shared fence or whatever they have. And it seems like Sheena let it go in a way that she doesn't normally let things go. And motherhood changes you. I think so. Having like summer and ocean being like close is important to them. And I also think that's what helped with like Stassi and Brittany, whatever happened there. Like kids, like kids help bridge the gap a lot of the time because you want your kids to have a relationship. Yeah. Okay, anything else on Vanderpump before we head? I mean, like, we're all, like, I'm the genealogist, but I feel like everybody is, like, a sleuth now as we watch all of these episodes. Like, what was that? Like, was this when it happened? We're all Megan King Edmonds. Yeah. Megan King, I'm sorry. She she is my, (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, she's just Megan King. She is my, my my housewife love because of her sleuthing skills and her love for genealogy. And like, I love, I love Megan King forever because of 
that. Um, but yeah, everyone is like taking their, you know, magnifying glass to every single episode. And like even the Oliver stuff's coming up. Do you remember when all of that was happening on social media? Yes. With his ex-wife like sending messages to accounts and stuff about like but- how he was I mean, it's crazy. I really hope they don't go after Raquel for that because how is she supposed to know? Lisa Vanderpump said, oh, he's separated. You know, yeah, like that's I mean, on him. I also think people need to, like, people need to separate. Like, I agree with Lala. Like, Raquel would have been the VIP, MVP, whatever of the season if not for all of this because, I mean, when she kind of like told off Lala, I was like, I laughed. Like, I was like, I was Charlie in that moment, right? Yep. Like, yeah. Like, like, I was totally Charlie. Um, but you know, hindsight, <laughs> it doesn't look so, so good, but yeah, I mean, it, I don't think that's her fault. And I'm like, Oliver wants to be on the show. Like, come on. He wants, he wants his, he his wants his 15 fame. minutes. I mean, I mean, and Garcelle is helping him. She was on the show to support, you know, like, and it's like, I don't want to hear about anything. Like, yes, you do. You were on the show to help support him and like, get your son a job. Working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how it all goes. Like, I'm more interested in like sort sort of how the end of the season goes. Like, I obviously I want to see the new footage. Like, that, Did, so that's I what I'm I hear that even before. So I don't know when this was filmed, but I have heard that the scene that Lala was talking about on Watch What Happens Live between mm-hmm. Raquel and. Ariana is Ariana confides in Raquel being like, I think Tom might be having an affair. And Raquel's like, well, if he is, I'll be there for you. Like, it's, I, it's like, I can't wrap my, my head, head around it. No, it's I think, like, I think there's something where she's just unable to process and connect on human emotion. Uh, truly. Yeah. I think there's just something off there and I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose no, anything, exactly. but it's just something's off. And I hope she gets the the help and support that she needs so that she can mm-hmm. live a, a healthy life and have healthy relationships because every relationship we've seen, like friendships, romantic relationships, all that, none of them seem mm-hmm. to be particularly healthy. Not that Vanderpump no. Rules is like the barometer. No, of, but like, I mean, James, I mean, yes. the way James treated her. Her mm-hmm. and... And the way she stayed with him, and I was so proud of her for standing up, and I was worried, oh, was she being abused, like, emotionally, physically? I don't know. Like, remember her nose thing? When her nose oh, like, that broke? Was awful. I, I mean, so, how he speaks, like, I want to put babies in her, what he says to, like, he's Allie. He's like, got oh, issues, like, yeah. But he's also incredibly entertaining. Exactly. We can't We can't separate. We, we feed the beast here. <laughs> I know. Um, let's hop over the pond to Ireland. So okay. the Jersey ladies are in Ireland mm-hmm. for their cast trip. They're celebrating Teresa getting married in a couple of weeks. Um, Jen Fessler shares that she had some escapades with James Gandolfini, which I, I thought it. was the highlight of the entire <laughs> the entire episode. Um, and they're staying basically in a haunted castle. Um, but all of the issues seem to go back to this Laura, who's an ex-friend of Margaret, who mm-hmm. talked to Jennifer Aiden and Teresa before the season started and shared with them that apparently someone told Margaret that Melissa was making out with a friend of hers named Nick. And I don't That's know. A, they yeah. seem to think this is some sort of like smoking gun against Margaret, that she's a shitty friend and she has an arsenal against people. But number one, like Margaret didn't 
tell say this on camera and just because it was told to her doesn't mean she believed it was true. Like we have no indication that Margaret believes this rumor is true. No, I mean, it's, I think hopefully we'll learn more, but like, it's, I, I don't get it. Like they need to create conflict. They just don't, at the end of the day, they just don't like Margaret. Like that, that's like what it is at the end of the day. So they just think the worst things about her possible. And at the end of the day, it's really about Teresa versus Melissa. Mm-hmm. And it's how to kind of, it's like a cold war kind of thing. Like if we can't have Teresa and Melissa, like going at it, we have to have Aiden you know, Jennifer, and, yeah, Aiden, yeah, and, and Margaret. Margaret. Yes. Right? So, They're like the proxy. They're like the Cuba. The proxy war. Exactly. <laughs> Like I love like this. Really. Yes, the Cuban Missile so, Crisis. Let's exactly. Yeah, Cuban <laughs> so it's that that's really what it is at the heart of it. And again, like like who knows what's true? But even if Margaret was told this information, like who cares? Like I, it just feels it's kind of feeling. It's, it's feeling scripted, right? Like, I, and that's where I don't like my reality shows. I don't want my reality shows feeling scripted. So, like, they were doing really well so far with, like, Melissa not being a bridesmaid. And, like, like, like Louie is, like, I mean, he's, he's again, he's good at reality TV because, like, we're all, like, what the? What <laughs> what's are going you doing? On? Yeah, are who you are doing? you? What motivates you? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but like this feels a little bit fabricated right now. So I'm gonna have to see where it goes um, at this point. But I think like, who cares? I mean, I'm sure all of these women have dirt on each other. Like we know they have dirt. But on so each other. much dirt is not true. And this is what, it, but like viewers and people like Danielle seem to immediately believe the worst, right? And yeah. so a great example is. There is this stupid rumor going around that Brock and Raquel hooked up. There's oh no God. evidence of this. And it's no, pretty and it's dangerous. obvious to me who might be wanting a story like that out there. Uh, right? So, like, why can't we see through that? Why were we trying to find... Like, there's enough drama that's real that mm-hmm. happened. Why are we trying to find stuff that's not there? And not saying Melissa didn't do this she definitely could have but there's just doesn't seem to be enough proof um and then this is the thing that where like jen aiden loses me because i do find her like riveting television she's so good but she's all like i can't (laughs) she is messy but she's like what you know margaret said on camera about my family like really hurt my kids how come? I mean, she's doing the exact same thing to Melissa. You think Melissa's kids aren't going to hear about I this? I know, but it's also I, like the, the the self awareness. It's like, do not go on reality television. Like, <laughs> claim yourself aware. Like, right? Like, do not go on reality television if you do not want the skeletons to come out of the closet. Like, it was gonna happen. Like, I, I mean, Margaret slipped there, but like, she is. You're right. She's doing the same exact thing. I mean, that whole like teacup episode was so bizarre and like they rightfully were laughing at it because she fed the psychic whatever all of the the information before it was like a comedic it was comic relief (sighs) I mean honestly at the end of the day like this whole like Teresa versus Joe and Melissa like 
it's kind of getting stale. Like it is. This. I'm not into it. Like, I mean, it used to be riveting television, but like. It's not anymore. And we, we were robbed of Jackie's storyline of working through her eating disorder and trying to build mm-hmm. a healthier relationship with food. And we only see people when they're down and when they're in the throes of either depression or anxiety or or like the, thro- the worst parts of an eating disorder. And Bravo doesn't seem to let us show the recovery that can happen. And I'm interested yeah. in that. Like she clearly is doing so much work on herself. And that's a story. Is that not like we yeah, only see Ariana when her depression is bad. We don't see the like work that she's doing to learn to live with it. Yeah, no. Instead, we're seeing with that that therapist that Jennifer and Bill went to, <laughs> to like talk about their marriage. But I think part of it, at least in the Jackie sense, I think, you know, I think a lot of the filming, like, doesn't help with the eating disorder for her to like yes. being such a stage. So like, I know that like her friends were kind of, I think saying like, maybe it's for the best right now that like you, you heal. So like, I'm, I'm torn there. Cause again, it's the personal versus the reality TV. Like, yes, it would be wonderful to see this, but at a personal level, like maybe she needs to not be in the forefront. I, of- that makes sense. It's just, I feel like there still is a story that could be told that I think she's clearly wants to be told because she wrote a book. Yeah, that's true. So at that's least really it's on her own accord. But I I feel like they only showed the really scary parts of it and not like the work. And in general, like I feel like if they're going to try and be authentic and show a full story, then show the full story. But let's be real, though. Like Jersey Housewives are all about like actual fighting. Like that's, like, that's how the like we started with a table being flipped. Yeah. We have the Joes going at it, like fighting, you know, like Jennifer throwing whatever glass and Melissa coming after. I mean, it's not good. But again, this is this is Jersey, this is reality. So I feel like they're kind of trying to bring that about again by going back to the roots of Joe and Melissa versus Teresa. And mm-hmm. like, I'm not I'm not so into it, to be honest, like. It doesn't do much for me. I'm more interested in the new housewives, which is amazing. Like I like them. And I really feel like Jen Fessler was robbed of being full time. Like she's fun. She's I like her. so funny. And she's like, finally, like what I think is an, a really accurate representation of a Jewish woman. Like she's got the much humor. She's got, yeah. I feel like the way that they've, they've sort of sanitized most of the Jewish women on housewives like That's Dorit uh, is mm. like Israeli of all things. And I they know. like they will never whitewash that, you know, they did when they went to Germany and she talked about her family being in the Holocaust when they were mm-hmm. at the Holocaust Memorial in Germany, but they don't show like those parts. I mean, they did that one. No, Hanukkah I, mean, scene. I mean, yeah. And they have like Heather Dubrow and then like yeah. Kelly. Like that was that's when I knew Kelly Dodd was when she, when she made that like I thought Jews were supposed to be funny. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it goes back it to Ireland. Ireland. Back to Ireland. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you know, it, you're absolutely right. But again, and I think that's part of why, like, you know, Dorit and Kyle have this like relationship because they have their you know their their Jewish faith, husband. yeah, and they're to unite them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I. You know, I'm 
you know, Housewives and Bravo are not what it was, you know, a decade ago. Like it's it's definitely changed. I'm definitely enjoying Jersey more. I, Jersey has always been my favorite. So I'm liking this dynamic a little better, but I just don't think it's sustainable. Like Melissa and Teresa cannot be on the same show. No, it's and I'm tired it, of hearing about it and I'm tired of everyone blaming everyone. And I think Joe Gorga is to blame for the majority of it. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> and I will stand by that. I mean, I just, uh, unpopular opinion, um, but like, I think the show can survive without Teresa. I do. I think they're shown scenes without her. Like, did you even notice she wasn't at that teacup reading? No, I didn't notice that. She wasn't there. Um, but like Melissa, they keep Melissa around because of her husband. Like that's, that's. He's that's the drama. Exactly. He's the drama. And. But it just, it's not fun anymore. Like, it's just the same old rehash. It just, they hate each other. Like It, it could survive without either of them. But I do yeah. think they need to choose one. And I am oh, yeah. tired of, and I, I'm the Melissa on Watch What Happens Live this week started feeling oh, like yeah. Carol Radswell, season mm-hmm. 10 of New York. Mm-hmm. Like, I was always on Carol's side and I will always be on Carol's side against Bethany. I'm not necessarily on Melissa's side against Teresa. I, I just think yeah. they're both horrible. Um, yeah. But I like when you start painting yourself as a victim that Andy goes after harder than you know. It's just like you're losing. Wah, wah. You're like, losing. And please, just I'm so tired don't of people. Bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying to watch people complain. Um, yeah, it's you know yeah. something has to to me. You know, it used to be kind of, and it's, you know, Teresa thinks it's a Teresa show, but it it's really is. I mean, they stopped filming when she was in prison. <laughs> they did, but it's, it, to me, it's changed so yeah. much. That, like, like, part of why they like Teresa, like, Joe Judice was entertaining to watch. Like, that was part of it. You know, she, her getting all namaste and Louie, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I think... And what's healthy for the family, too? Like, besides all of our, like, reality needs, like, is it really good for your kids to it's still It's not. Be but they don't care about that. Because I if know. they did, I'm they would have stopped filming so many years ago. They clearly don't care about repairing this. And I'm so fucking tired of them saying that they care. Because they don't care. They don't. They hate each other. And I mean, even, like, Dolores, I think, has said that, like, maybe they just have to go their separate ways. And if, like, Dolores is saying that, like, it, yeah, it it's not be. healthy for them to be in each other's lives. No, it's just not, I don't know. Something's got to change there, but I I still very much enjoy Jersey. Like it's still, it's still good. And I I am curious where the storyline's going to go, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping more that Melissa and Teresa go at it more. So we can finally see it. They always hold back. They always hold back. And like, it's always, they have like minions basically doing it. Doing them. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Proxy war. The proxy war. It's never <laughs> just like Russia and the US going at it. Oh my God. Um, before we end, I've got some questions for you about mm-hmm. Summer House. Okay. I actually thought this was a good episode of Summer House because it was the first really fun party. I... Mm-hmm like loved the party watching it seeing how many people were there it was just very dynamic I liked watching Sam and Corey and the beginnings of I'm their kind of obsessed with them yeah I, I kind of love it they're the same person they're they are it's yeah. that was wild 
Um, Craig and Paige's conversation about their relationship mm. made me really get a soft spot for him again. And I really didn't like him after Winterhouse. I thought he was cocky and yeah. arrogant. And here he's saying, listen, like, if you really don't want this, like, I'll move for you. Like, we'll make yeah, this work. And then if, if you watch the Watch What Happens Live after with Paige and Sarah on it, like, basically, they said that he's going to move to New York. To New like, York that's how go. But like, how is that going to work for filming? Like, there's all these other things in play. Like, he's on Southern Charm in Charleston. So... Like something's got to give there too, uh, moving forward because I can't see him just leaving Southern Charm. <laughs> right, but he can just go back to film the way Meredith only he is in could, Utah. But a lot of people, <laughs> it's true, but that's true. But a lot of people aren't forgiving for that. Like they're not; they don't forgive. Like if they know he's in New York and he's filming, like it's not like people aren't going to. I don't think people will support that. I mean, the question is, are these couples ever going to have children? Because if you have children, it's a different... Like, we've watched it on Vanderpump, but we yeah. haven't seen it... Such a missed opportunity. On the East Coast? Like, I want a Vanderpump mom's babies show. <laughs> because that's where I am in my life. Yeah. Um, You know, they're all getting older. Like, So, but that's know. my thing, is like, if Kyle and Amanda have a child they can't just like leave the kid to go to the Hamptons on the weekends. Like, I mean, but maybe, I mean, they haven't been going every weekend. Have you noticed like a lot of times, I mean, they go, but some of them just like skip weekends here and there. And it's like a whole cast of characters. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's potential. There was like a blind about them too, that or like implying that Kyle. Again, they, they made it sound like he was having an affair with Sam, which is, and again, I think people are so easy to believe this shit. I don't believe anything until it's proven. It's true. I just don't. And um, I don't know. I mean, Kyle to me, I mean, Kyle, they've been done for season. Like, it's, yeah. it's not fun anymore. I mean, Lindsay and Carl need to ride off into the sunset. And I say that as big stands of Lindsay and Carl, and I'm very happy about it. But like, Guess who? That's what the new New York housewives should be. It should be Lindsay. I think (laughs) that too. Like, that's what it should be. Like, have them graduate into the, like, wouldn't you watch? Like, it it was all built around Lindsay and Carl. Like, come on. Um, It's just, it's not fun to watch anymore. Like, I'm tired of like, like, Lindsay breathed today. Let's and they let's, let's like, hate on her for it. Hate on her more. It's just it's not fun. A lot of them are aging out of it, and there's clearly like a, a dynamic there. Like the young thirties, late twenties don't like the like late thirties. Yeah, late thirties, and there's like Luke. They like, like justice for Luke. I know. Right? I love Luke. <laughs> He's probably the only Bravo celebrity that I message with. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota oh, really? originally, and I just like oh, okay. he always I, is I mean, like doing good I mean, things in Minnesota. Hey, Andrea. I mean, Andrea just needs like, there could just be like a camera on Andrea for 24 hours, like the Truman Show or something. And like, I, I'd subscribe. That's so. a guy who chose love over TV. I love him. He's fun to talk to online. Like I talked to He's him. He's hilarious. He gave, me, he gave me a pasta recipe that I had to try. Was I it was good? Like, I need authentic. I didn't do it yet. I was like, I need an authentic Italian. So he, he's like, buy this kind and this, like he, he gave me, I told my husband, like, next cameo, you get me? Andrea. Andrea. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, let me um, practice my Italian with you. Okay. Let's talk about Lindsay and Danielle and that conversation at the end. 
Emily yeah. from She Speaks Bravo posted this video that I thought was so comprehensive about what where they're at right now, where Danielle mm. thinks she's communicated how she's feeling, but she hasn't in a way that Lindsay can understand. And then she's getting more and more frustrated because I yeah. think she's communicated how she's feeling to other people. But to yeah. Lindsay, she has not been clear until she got heated and was like, when was the last time you asked me about myself? Yes, the end of the episode. And, and I'm like, this is what it's about. Lindsay isn't showing interest in your life. She's not asking exactly. you questions about your life. Tell her that. So before when we were hearing all about this feud, I was totally thinking I'd see both sides. Like I was convinced of that. Honestly, to this point, like I've been mostly on Lindsay's side, which is really shocking to me because I actually feel like Lindsay has handled herself really well, well. knowing that her best friend is talking to people who despise her. Like Danielle's telling Sierra, like how she's feeling and Paige and they're salivating at this. Like when she's not there, they're like, oh, this will prove everything we've said about Lindsay all along is true. Like there was that scene in the bedroom after Danielle's, I was like, they don't care about you, Danielle. Like they're, they're like using you to get back at Lindsay. And if I were, if my best friend were talking to people that don't like me and like, no matter what I do about our problems, like that would be a really big problem for me. And I don't think I could be friends with that person or trust them anymore. But I think you're a hundred percent right. Like Danielle is feeling hurt because her relationship with Robert is obviously on the rocks at this point. Like their communication is terrible. Like they're not saying what they want to, to each other. It's, it's really uncomfortable. And she's taking it out on Lindsay, who's like in honeymoon phase with Carl and she's feeling left out. And I feel like she finally said to Lindsay, like, you're not asking about me because clearly like things aren't going well for Danielle. And, you know, I'm happy she did that. And I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like what it's been kind of implied that there's something else that happens that makes it like irreparable. Like they can't be friends ever again. And I'm curious like what that is, like what, what is set? Like, I don't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like what Kyle said about Carl using drugs at work was irreparable. I don't think I would ever be friends with someone again that while I, I was in recovery would say things that I did while I was actively using. That for me was the, and, and, and it wasn't just that he said it, he said the world needs to know. I thought that was the nastiest thing. Yeah, I've like somebody who lost his brother to drugs. I've seen I mean, someone do. So like, I can't think of Lindsay and Danielle's situation getting to be like that. I can't. I can't, I can't imagine what, could be said but it's been implied that it's like no turning back kind of thing so like i just can't i don't know if that's hyperbolic based on like just to like get people excited for the show but no i think it's everyone's opinion on Lindsay coloring the situation and just it's being so like tiring. like i'm tired of it yes like, I don't she's a narcissist yeah they all you all are of some you accord you wouldn't be on reality tv if you weren't so she only talks about herself she's only interested in herself because she hasn't shown how to communicate and and ask questions about other people but she but honestly i the way that Lindsay spends time with luke i was thinking Australia, that too Alex outside the show, like that tells me everything I need to know. Like the fact but that women, those, 
she doesn't seem to have a good track record with relationships yeah. with female friends. Yeah, but also think about the female friends who've been on the show. And like, she, it seems like she's getting along really nicely with the newbies. With Sam and Gabby, yeah. Sam. But like, I find Maya really hard to stomach this season. Like, I feel yep. like, talk about getting a big head. Like, second season, like she was lovely the first season. And now it's like... Like she's kind of gone to the mean girls, and I don't, I don't like that. She's the <laughs> ultimate. I think she's the meanest out of all she, of them. What she said to Sam, I was like, "Stop talking so much!" Like, oh my god! Like but she did it in your- private. I think she wanted. I, I wonder if there's context there. Like, Maybe, you're going like, to come across a way that you don't like on TV, and so that's why I'm going to tell you this and try and do it in private. Maybe, Maybe you're onto something there, but like, I don't know. I, I Lindsay seems to be getting along with Sam. She's getting along with. I mean, she did get along with Danielle, but Danielle kind of went to the others. Like, it feels like. Yeah, I just what I can't understand why Danielle at the age that she's at and with the level of maturity we've seen her have can't express to Lindsay how she's feeling and how what she would like to see change. She just hasn't done it on camera that we've seen. Like she hasn't said, you know, I miss spending time with you. I wanted you to go to Montauk because I wanted to hang out with you and it not always be about Carl. I also like the three of us hanging out, but now the dynamic is kind of off. I'm feeling a little left out. Like, what can we do to spend more time together? I would also say, like, from the viewer's perspective, like, she just seems a little bitter. Like, her relationship is flailing. Like, that's clear. And that... And she and she's mad Lindsay won't ask about it. And Lindsay's idea is like, well, like, I assume you're an adult and I don't want like she should ask about it for sure. Like, how are she you should, doing? But she but how would she know that there's a problem? Right. If Danielle doesn't exactly. tell her there's a but problem. Like, surprisingly, I thought I would be very split in this fight. But right now I'm like, I'm with Lindsay. And I feel like Lindsay, whatever therapy she's doing, like, give that therapist a raise or something, because the way she's communicating and like, she's not being activated as much as where you she's to see. not she's also been sober the majority of the time or drinking mm-hmm. a lot less she sure. also what i'm impressed with is she's not talking shit about danielle or any oh. of the other people on the show no and they're all assuming like they're mad she's drinking they're mad she's not drinking you know why are they assuming that i'm up she's upset that she's not allowed to drink with carl like come on like that, that, and that's the difference between somebody who's pushing 40 and somebody yeah. who just turned 30 or in their late 20s. Like, I, and I guess that's part of it. Like, I'm, I think Lindsay is like my age, like, or maybe, I don't know, a year or whatever, either way. Like, I get it. I get where she's coming from 100% and where she is in her life. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I wish the show, like, we need more Andrea. We need more Luke. We need yes. more. Something I I wish they'd show more of Chris. I I really think he's interesting, and there's like a whole other side to him. He does like film, like a director of like he's he's interesting. He His definitely background. the one thing I'm not sure about him is that every time he interacts with women that they show us, and I don't know if they're, it does seem like the women do feel uncomfortable. Yeah, um, he's a little cringy, but like like on the producer, he was gonna. They're like. Why do you like, why her? Yeah. Why are you interested yeah. in her? And yeah. I do That's think true. that there's a level of like misogyny and kind of grossness there. Um, I'm not sure I'm feeling him after watching his interactions with women. It I, doesn't, I, I yeah. want to see more of him though, right? Like I feel yeah. like, you know, Alex, 
they should have showed more of Alec. Like things like that. Like they don't show enough. Alex I liked more than than Chris. Alex was kind of like sweet in that he was unsure of himself. Yeah, Alex, Chris, I feel Alex like there's nice. plus Gabby doesn't like Chris and I trust That's her readout. I like people. Gabby. I'm team Gabby. I really like her. She's yeah. I think I mean, she's fantastic. And I'm kind of frustrated with Maya and Sierra for not for like one judging her so harshly and like when Sierra says well what's what's real what's authentic have we ever seen Sierra have an authentic conversation on camera besides the besides when Carl's brother died I mean her whole personality is Austin (laughs) feels like like, everything revolves around Austin and now it was like oh Corey's cute like I'm 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 done. <laughs> yeah, she. I, I've never. I mean, unpopular opinion, maybe. Like, I, I, not a Sierra fan. Like, I've never been. I'm she's not either. Takingly gorgeous, and like, I wish the best for her. Like, amazing Victoria's Secret catalog, but like, I'm. She feeds into that mean girl dynamic that I just I despise it so much. Um, and it's just it just I don't know. I, I I'm not a fan of it at all. Um, she's never. And- articulated her thoughts very well or like why she behaves a certain way and gabby like from the second she was in that confessional chair was explaining so i behaved this way and i think it's because of this and like she's doing so much self-reflection that i just haven't seen like with sierra if you're an icu nurse during a pandemic why aren't you talking about that what like and and the shift to modeling is that was nursing like too grueling on you. There are so many right. people leaving the healthcare implied, workforce. Right? Like she's kind of implied she never goes deep. No, I mean on, honestly, on camera. Honestly, she should stick with the Karma Brown thing. Like, yes, that was the most I've ever enjoyed watching her. Like if that personality came through all the time, it would be incredible. Like she, that was hilarious. That I mean I that was my favorite moment ever. But. Yeah, I'm just it's the show doesn't do it for me anymore. I'm hoping maybe Corey I mean Corey was made for reality TV and you know the whole backstory. He was supposed to like originally be on Southern Charm or whatever. I didn't and know then that. I think so. And then I think he and Craig might have had a falling out because like he wasn't cast for it. Like they, they talked about I think it was on for like three happened. years they didn't talk or something. something. I think that was why. But like He's good TV at this point. Like, he's funny. And, like, I, I'm very excited to see his dynamic with Sam because I find her to be a breath of fresh air, too. Especially when we had, like, fake Lindsay, Jessica, Winter House, the one who looked like... That girl. <laughs> I'm more excited. To, that was awful. That was so terrible. So I'm looking forward to seeing the dynamic. Because, like, I love these shows. Like, I want them to be successful. But they have to stop feeling so inauthentic and... Like, I'm tired of, like, the. I want a new storyline. Like, I don't want everyone to hate Lindsay all the time. Like, it's boring. Right. You get it. You hate Lindsay. Like, if she was gone, what would it be? Because for a while, it was like, oh, we hate Hannah. That was the season of hating Hannah. And everyone hated Hannah but Paige. Right. Um, or they hate Luke because, like, they painted Luke, like, they painted Luke out to be this Yeah, person. they were trying to, like, me too, Luke. <laughs> no. Poor Luke. <laughs> I mean, justice for me. Sorry, I shouldn't right? laugh at that. It was just like not like a very clear... message Sierra after nine after nine p.m. PM. Although Luke definitely crossed a line on Winter House this year, but he was called out for it, and mm-hmm. I thought he apologized. That was so that was really cringy. Right? That was bad. Yeah, was um, but it wasn't. I don't know. Maybe as bad as what they were trying to 
that everyone like no. Jessica was like, you guys are making it worse yeah. by like screaming at him. Yeah. No. So he, I mean, between the Hannah stuff and the Sierra stuff with him, like, I think he knows he just needs to like bow out. Like he knows better. Like they it hasn't well, been. Now rooted. he's apparently dating Tasha Adams, former Bachelor. Yeah, I saw that. I was really rooting for him and Ashley, though. Like I was really sad that didn't work out. I'm going to be honest with you. I just. I don't see how a first relationship outside of Michael Darby works because of how much of a hold Michael Darby has on her and how a a control of her finances, like what it's just the relationship is still so unhealthy that she's in even as a co-parent that I feel like it'd be hard for her to have like a yeah, I mean, I feel there's more there that we don't know about. Like, I feel like there's so much more to the Michael Darby anything dynamic yeah. that we don't know about because if we did like it's such a you know we have to remember, there, there's there's yeah there's so much else out there with all these people that they try to keep you know under wraps and then it all pops out and sometimes i'm the one who finds it so there you go <laughs> well adina thank you so much for being on the podcast this week tell everyone where they can find you and if they're looking for genealogy services like yeah, how to find so- that yeah, so I am my family genie. I'm everywhere on social media. You'll see me mostly on Instagram and Twitter. I also am the co-founder of the DNA Reunion Project at the Center for Jewish History. You can reach out to us um, if you have questions at dna at cjh.org. But really, if you ever have questions, like I'm, on, I live on social media. Like, let's be, let's be real. Like, I'm always there. I take requests. I take people send me photos a lot of the time or ask me questions for clarification. So I'm always happy to field those. Well, thank you so much. This was so enlightening and so interesting <laughs> and such a fun chat. Like, thank you, thank you it. for taking the time. It. Of course, you can't find people who love Bravo all everywhere. So right, we have our little space. We have our community. <laughs> We, we have our community. All right. Have a great rest of your day. 